3: when it walked right up to his karaoke mic.
4: He got a good looking woman, great singing voice. It had that wow factor for me.
3: But Stephen had no idea that behind his wife's shy smile, an evil plot was brewing. How could someone be that twisted? It was like a
5: Jekyll and Hyde. You never knew what side you were going to get. And this
3: soldier's home quickly became more dangerous than any battlefield.
4: They used to call me the cap, saying I had nine lives. Lucky us will be for being here to be able to tell the story.
3: When it comes to love and marriage, things aren't always as they seem.
4: I was stationed out in California. I taught new Marines out there.
2: He was a sergeant. He was very proud of it. He just loved everything about being a Marine. When he wasn't away on maneuvers,
3: Stephen ran a local karaoke night in the city of Oceanside, just north of San Diego.
4: I enjoyed singing, and the owner asked me if I wanted to do it, and said, why not?
3: And one spring evening, Stephen
2: was stopped dead in his tracks. There was this gal up there singing, and he was totally blown away. He was just awestruck.
4: She started singing, and it kind of made me stop what I'm doing and take take notice.
3: Not only did 18-year-old Astrid Piñate sing like an angel, she was beautiful to boot.
4: He got a good-looking woman, great singing voice. It had that wow factor for me.
3: Mustering his courage, Stephen sidled up to Astrid, who was sitting with her best friend, Ebony.
4: I had seen Ebony prior. At certain command functions because her father was a battalion sergeant major at the time
3: as the three of them talked steven quickly realized that he had a lot more in common with astrid than a connection to her best friend
4: we talked about you know family siblings music of course it was quite the attraction on a couple different levels
3: By the end of the night, Stephen knew he couldn't let Astrid go without asking for a date. And a few days later, the two of them hit the town. But over drinks, Astrid made a strange confession about her past.
4: She had mentioned she'd run with some shady-type people from time to time.
3: Astrid didn't give Stephen any details, but she swore that reckless chapter of her life was behind her.
4: Everybody's got a past it's no reason to hold that against them in the present.
1: Do I get to see you tomorrow?
3: By the end of the evening, Stephen couldn't wait to see Astrid again. And almost overnight, they were spending every free moment together. But after two and a half months together, Astrid came to Stephen with some unexpected news. I'm pregnant.
4: I was like, hell yeah. (laughs) I was ready for it. Y'all ready to have a kid, have a family, all that stuff.
2: I'm like, oh, wow, we moved a little quickly, didn't we? But, you know, it is what it is. He was happy. He really was. Just six months after Stephen had first heard Astrid's
3: sweet voice, the couple arranged to be married at a small church in Escondido, California. But the ceremony almost didn't
5: happen. We had an hour allotted for the wedding in this chapel, and the bride didn't show up, and she didn't show up. We're
2: sitting here going, where the heck is she? (laughs) Even the minister was looking at his watch, going, I got another wedding to do in an hour.
4: I thought she'd backed out, and so I was getting a little little nervous, a little upset.
2: With only 10 minutes left on the hour, Astrid finally walked down the aisle. I chalked it up to, okay, she's 19 years old, she's pregnant, and she's getting married, this is a lot to deal with. Whatever it was, she showed they're married, they seem happy right now. Anything else is, you know, to heck with it.
3: The following February, Stephen and Astrid welcomed a baby son, and the Marine couldn't believe he was a father. But a few months later... Stephen began noticing something slowly encroaching on his family's joy.
2: Hey again, Ebony.
3: It seemed Astrid's best friend, Ebony, was always around.
4: Her father was transferred out of state, and she didn't really have too many friends left in the area. So that's when she started coming around quite a bit. You know, I'd come home, she'd be there. Or I'd come home, and she'd show up shortly after, eating dinner at the house all the time. You know, it felt like I was supporting a third person. Ebony's staying for
5: dinner. He says Ebony is here all the time.
3: So she's moved in almost. But when Stephen talked to Astrid about it, she told him that she liked having Ebony there. Yeah,
1: but I get so lonely when you're gone.
4: Military life. You know, it's Marine Corps first, everything else second. She's helping it can get lonely sometimes for the spouse. So I kind of bit my lip.
3: Stephen tried to keep the peace. But soon he would be reminded that soldiers survive by trusting their gut. My brother's been through basically hell. Somebody is really out to kill him.
4: I remember looking out the beach, you know, just saying, don't let me die here.
3: By the summer of 2003, I'm pregnant. Stephen and Astrid Tapati's life had turned on a dime. Two years after they met, they were already settled into marriage and raising a young son.
4: I was thrilled. You know, I thought I was the luckiest person around at the time.
3: But Stephen wasn't so thrilled about their full time house guest. It seemed his wife's best friend Ebony was all but living at their home.
4: I work, I work support Astrid and the baby, not Astrid the Baby and Ebony. After a while, it started getting to me real bad.
3: Despite his concern, Stephen didn't want to give his wife an ultimatum. But he did insist on spending time with Astrid alone.
4: We were gonna have the night together, just me and her, no baby, no Ebony, just me and her.
3: On August 13th, 2003, the couple dropped their son off with Astrid's parents and headed out on the town.
4: We had planned on eating dinner and seeing a movie, and then she'd suggested we head out to the beach, too.
3: As they made their way toward the water a little later that night, Stephen began to have second thoughts. The beach in Oceanside had a reputation for crime.
4: I was a little apprehensive about it. I did a little bit of an area scan. Nothing looked really too shady.
3: So Astrid and Stephen settled in. Close your eyes.
4: Astrid tells me to close my eyes, and I'm thinking that we're going to get a little intimate.
3: But as Stephen waited for the romance to begin, something caught him by surprise.
4: And next thing I know, I felt like a sharp, sort of shocking sensation in my neck. And uh, I see somebody standing there right in front of me.
3: Under the cloak of night, Stephen couldn't see who it was. As the person took off, he realized something was very wrong.
1: I need you to help.
4: So I had put my hand up, up by my neck and then taken it away, and it was covered in blood. And I
3: need you to get help. Astrid ran off to call for help while Stephen tried to keep pressure on the wound.
4: I remember looking out the beach, you know, just saying, don't let me die here.
3: Within minutes, paramedics were on the scene,
2: and Stephen was rushed to a local hospital. They actually had a helicopter land because he had had his neck slit and he was bleeding out.
4: There was a severed vertebral artery, almost severed the jugular vein, and the tip of the knife broke off into my neck back here.
3: As Stephen headed into surgery, investigators working his case placed him under protective custody. They thought there was a hit out
5: on him. The way he was attacked and stabbed, it seemed
2: like it was purposeful. There was some talk, because he was an instructor at the base, maybe it was a student of his that was mad at him. It seemed a little targeted, you know, that he was attacked, but not her. But as the weeks passed, police weren't any closer to catching the assailant.
3: Two months later, Stephen was back at work, but the attack had taken its toll.
4: I'd come home worn out. I'd fall asleep maybe between 8.30 and 10.30 in the evening. I'd attributed my fatigue to the extent of the injuries that I had. I couldn't feel nothing down halfway down my arm because of the nerve damage that was sustained there. I couldn't really go back out and work with the students like I'd had before.
3: Doctors soon told Stephen that he wasn't deployable and would have to be medically discharged from the Marine Corps.
4: Screwed my military career from me. I was upset, quite upset.
2: I'm just heartbroken for him because this was his life. He loved it. It was gone, it was over. And that kind of
5: destroyed him. He was just not the same Steve.
3: And lately, Astrid didn't seem like herself either. Ebony had been a constant presence in the house since the attack, and the wedge between Stephen and Astrid was firmly back.
4: Ebony was around so much, I come home, I want my family time, I want my time. There wasn't that sense of closeness, as there used to be with with Astrid. And it was
2: creating even more tension with them, and I'm like, dude, you're married to Astrid, you're not married to Ebony. Get her out. Look.
3: Once again, Stephen suggested to Astrid that Ebony spend more time away from them. She's here
0: all the time. But Astrid wouldn't budge. That's She is my best
4: friend. So what I said it really didn't matter to her. And kind of dismissed what I was asking. Every
3: day and I don't By her now, every Stephen day. had to wonder if there was more to his wife's relationship with Ebony than just friendship.
1: Are you having an affair
4: with her? I flat out asked Astrid if anything was going on. She denied it.
3: Stephen wasn't sure what to do next, except to wait and see if things improved. But in the early morning of January 4th, 2004, his desire for peace would soon be even more out of reach.
4: We had this little love sheet by the window. I'd passed out on that the previous night. Next thing you know, I hear a loud bang.
5: I thought, this is serious. Somebody is trying to kill him.
4: It uh, started coming together a little bit for me. Just wondering who the hell wants me dead so bad.
3: On January 4th, 2004, Stephen Tapati's life took another dramatic turn. At six in the morning, after falling asleep in the living room, he was jolted awake by a loud bang and a familiar
4: smell. You know the smell of gunpowder. Something in my head pretty much clicks. Something ain't right. I shouldn't be smelling this in my own house.
3: That's when Stephen heard another unsettling sound.
4: Heard a noise behind me, and had seen the backside of a woman running out of my kitchen door.
3: Stephen tried to figure out what had happened.
4: I found the actual bullet holes, probably about a foot, maybe a foot and a half below the back of my head, where I was laying at the time. I knew what it was, and you know, a gun had just went off, and. Was aimed at me. It uh started coming together a little bit for me. Just wondering who the hell wants me dead so bad.
3: But rather than chase after the attacker, Stephen's first instinct was to make sure his family was safe.
4: I'd run upstairs to go check on my boy, you know I'd, he wasn't there. Nobody was in the house. Not my kid, not my wife. Not even Ebony. Pick up the
3: phone. Stephen tried to track down Astrid, and to his surprise, she answered her cell phone.
4: I'm telling her, I was just shot at. The boy's not there.
1: Yeah, he's with me.
4: She immediately says, we're just around the corner. We'll be there in a second. What the hell's going on? I'm starting to become a little suspicious, just kind of questioning things at the time.
3: A few minutes later, Astrid walked into the house. That's when Stephen felt a chill run up his
1: spine.
4: When she walked in the door, she had the same outfit as the person I'd seen leaving. Some ain't jiving with me.
1: What's going on, Astrid?
4: And I'd asked Astrid, I said, where's where's our son? Because I was more concerned about him at the time.
1: What's she doing here?
4: And then, you know, I'd fly out told her, Said, so "You look a lot like the person I'd seen leaving.
3: But Astrid had another theory.
1: It must have been somebody that looked like me. Somebody from my old crowd.
4: She said, go, oh, there's someone that looks like me that... We think we might know who she is, so we're going to go after her.
3: Come on, Astrid. And with that, Astrid and Ebony took off.
4: You know, I'm like, well, good. Go on. Do what you got to do. You know, I wanted to make sure my boy was safe.
3: While Stephen waited for them to come back, he tried to make sense of what had just happened.
4: There's more shock than anything. You know, what the hell is going on? And then all day and all night goes by without hearing much word from her at all.
3: At 1.30 the following morning, the phone finally rang, but it wasn't Astrid.
4: I get a call from California Highway Patrol letting me know that both Astrid and Ebony were arrested.
3: Investigators told Stephen the two had been pulled over for a traffic stop at the Arizona border, 200 miles away. He was flabbergasted when investigators revealed what they'd found in Astrid's car. Are you serious? And Stephen would quickly realize that his ability to cheat death was well beyond anything he'd ever imagined.
5: You just can't comprehend what was in their mind.
4: I thought, what the hell's going on?
3: On January 5th, 2004, Stephen Tapati was shocked when he got a call from police that his wife Astrid and her best friend Ebony had been arrested after a traffic stop.
4: From what the officer had told me, They'd found a firearm in the car. I didn't own a firearm at the time, so I, I knew it wasn't mine.
3: And there was more. They
5: also find a handwritten note, which is a recipe for ricin. And she has castor beans, so they arrest him because the ricin is a weapon of mass destruction.
4: I was trying to gather my thoughts on everything. You know, what the hell is going on?
3: Under separate interrogation, both Astrid and Ebony admitted that Astrid had taken a shot at Stephen. Astrid also admitted to hiring a hitman
2: to attack Stephen on the beach. And that wasn't all. Then it came out that Astrid and Ebony had tried to poison him. So after he was stabbed, there were several other attempts at poisoning made on my brother's life. She
5: tried to drug him with Valium and other drugs that she had gotten in Mexico. And the drugs only made him
3: sleepy, so that didn't work. From there, Astrid bought castor beans, the main ingredient used to make the deadly poison ricin, and set up a makeshift lab.
4: They tried to manufacture the ricin in the in the garage at the house. That could have very well gotten to my child. That That's unforgivable to me.
3: Stephen realized just how lucky he was.
4: Five attempts, altogether, from the stabbing to the shooting. There were poisonings in between those two events. It was more shock than anything. Sitting there all day thinking, you know, why?
3: Astrid explained to investigators that her husband was worth more to her dead than alive.
4: I was told one of the reasons for it was, was insurance money, you know, life insurance money.
2: She stood to benefit $500,000 if he was dead. She had promised Ebony a cut of it if Ebony were to help. And Stephen finally had proof that
3: the two women were more than just friends.
4: Ebony had admitted to having a relationship with Astrid. They had planned to continue a relationship after I was gone and get a house together with my life insurance money. I was pissed off as all hell. Now I wanted to see him go down and go down hard. I don't want to see him ever see the light of day again.
3: In August of 2004, Astrid Tapati pled guilty to attempted murder and possession of a firearm during a violent crime. She was sentenced to nearly 11 years in a federal penitentiary. Ebony Woods also pled guilty to aiding an attempted murder and was sentenced to eight years in prison. Police never identified the hitman who stabbed Stephen on the beach.
4: She took away the the whole dream everybody has of having a family. Yeah, it's huge, huge betrayal by Astrid. What she did, I can't forgive.
3: Today, Stephen and his family are still trying to make sense of what happened.
4: There's a roller coaster of emotions going through something like that. They both had an equal part in it. Quite possibly, I mean, he could have pushed the idea. Could have been bastard as well. I was trying to keep everybody happy at the time. Learn my lesson there.
2: My brother's been through basically hell. I'm thankful that it did not cost him his life.
3: Stephen has no idea what the future holds, but after five attempts on his life, he's confident he can survive just about anything that comes his way. He's an amazing man to get through this
5: whole thing the way he has. He's been able to recover, and he's been raising a son by himself, doing a damn good job of it.
4: I'm trying to do everything I can for him. I'm not going to let what happened then affect my possible happiness in the future.